What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hollywood Already Did It presents Marvel Pair-Ups Tis the Season for Hawkeye. As always, I am your host, Blake Schultz, and with me is Jamie Girat. Hello. And Terrence Tatum. Hello, everyone. And if for some reason you're popping up in the middle of this mini-series, what we are currently doing is a spinoff of our regular Hollywood Already Did It podcast, where we pair up Disney plus Marvel shows with whatever thematically matches them. So this is our Hawkeye series, along with Christmas action, non-traditional Christmas movies, talking about wonderful holiday themes and what they do for movies and why we keep using this backdrop over and over again. We are now on episode four of Hawkeye. There are two left. A lot has happened in this episode, and we are pairing it up with Reindeer Games, where not a lot happens. So it's going to be a fascinating time. Uh, Terrence, what did you think of this week's Hawkeye? uh it's funny because i i think i said last week was my favorite episode which still stands it still stands true but after seeing this episode i can now say that this is probably my favorite marvel disney plus series that we have uh i really enjoyed this episode not as much as the last it's a little bit more of a slow burner we got a lot more character moments but we really get into the nitty-gritty of 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 why clint is a broken just disheveled man and i i like that i enjoyed that uh i also obviously um, if anyone knows me, I'm a huge Florence Florence Pugh fan. Uh, yes. <laughs> so as soon as uh, Elena showed up, obviously I knew who she was under that that hood. As soon as she showed up, I lost my shit, and it became. I, but it was funny. I knew who she was. My wife, who was watching it with me, did not. And so when she took her mask off, the reaction she got was the reaction that was happening inside me the whole time. So I was like, I can't tell her who that is until she sees it. Ah, I guess now we can both freak out. So that's that's literally what happened in real time, and it was great. But yeah, I, I like this episode quite a bit. Um, I am a little concerned that there are a ton of threads going into only two episodes remaining. There are a lot of things that like have to get wrapped up, and literally an episode, two episodes to do so. I don't know if we will get there, <laughs> but I'm willing to give it a shot. Confident that they're gonna wrap it up. Like, there's a lot going on, but I think it's it's nothing like it's not like Loki level complicated. I, I think it's gonna be fine to wrap up into. I totally agree that last week's still the best, uh, but this was a great one, probably my second favorite. Um, I don't agree that it's the best show, but we, but I mean, I know what yours is. My, yeah. I, I can go either way. Like, I'm yeah. those are my two, Wanda and I, this. I mean, want nothing's gonna touch Wanda, and but for me, it's this and Loki are are I love them both so much for such different reasons. They are both so my thing for very different reasons so it's hard for me to pick between them at this point because it's just like they're not really comparable um so maybe when it ends i'll have a better idea but i thought the episode was great um i mean obviously i'm friggin' stoked for florence pew to be here uh i'm glad we're gonna get two full episodes of her i hope that the final episode is her being chummy with clint i don't want it to just be her fighting them um but it's just i've just loved these like young women who are badass is like there's so many of them in this show and it's so cool i'm here for it yeah i think the best stuff the show is doing is putting pieces on the board and i think where i agree with both of you in terms of how much there is to wrap up i think Jamie, you're right. Narratively, there's not that much to do. We just kind of have to solve the Ronin problem, <clears throat> get back home in time for Christmas, and stop this gang of hoodlums, which is not terribly tough. 
But I agree with Terrence in that we've now introduced Yelana. We have Kingpin in the background. Echo still has a lot of character development that I think we need to see. There's a lot of emotional baggage with Ronan. We may have just put an old mockingbird on the table. There's just a lot of things. And to me, I'm feeling, and this happens with a lot of Marvel MCU stuff. And I often, once we can see the bigger picture of what's going on, it doesn't bother me. But in the moment, I'm like, oh man, there's so much setup here. There's so much happening that I feel like we're sacrificing a little bit of Clint and Kate's arc that I would really want to see come together. Like I, I am concerned that in these next two, it's like, well, we kind of have to put Kate's stuff in the backseat for a minute to do Yelena and Clint. And right. then we have to kind of probably put Clint in the background so that all of Kate's stuff can do up. And I feel like if we had two or three more episodes, I'd be like, ooh, there's going to be a lot of satisfying stuff. We don't even know who's at the top of this, if it is Kingpin, but we know there's an Echo show coming. We know yeah, all of these I other things are happening. Save a lot of her stuff for there, which I'm fine with at this point. And I think that's where I'm like, ah, oh, man, there's just so many plates spinning that I want all of it to be satisfying. But Otherwise, outside of that, I really liked the episode overall. My one small issue is I feel like I really like fangirl Kate. We spent the whole episode with the, I'm with an Avenger and I'm with Hawkeye. Guess what I'm doing? And a part of me is like, it's time, we're, it's time to move past it. Now you it's time to become Hawkeye and become Hawkeye. I don't totally agree with that because I I I loved their little Christmas they spent together. Like, yeah, she geeked out a little, but like for most of that it was them really genuinely bonding. And like she's always gonna be a little nerdy about it, but I, I thought that it was it was quite sweet and genuine. And I and I love the little play that uh Jack says, Well if I when she's like quasi listening but not listening and she's like well if i she's doing a much better job of being calm around her idol than i would be around my idol because i think i think that is correct like it, it had, if this were months that had passed or weeks that had passed i, I could probably kind of agree with you but i was like it's only been a day and a half that they've kind of been hanging around each other and i think that's probably the weird part because as a viewer i'm like okay we did this in episode mm -hmm. two and now we're doing it in episode three and again i have six episodes Right. So I'm like, well, now I want to see, four, but I did love, like, my favorite thing in the world was the, like, Christmas bonding and the sweaters training and throwing the coin and the VCR. That was the stuff that I really liked. I was more in, like, the elevator moments where she was I know, I know, I know exactly him. which point yeah. you're talking about. It's the elevator. And, like, <laughs> like I, I kind of was there, too, but I was like, I can still see it. Like, if, I, if I'm a kid and I see somebody doing something cool and I'm like, I'm mimicking everything that I do for the rest of my life after that person. And I, I'm still gonna have moments where I kind of geek out. Like I'm actually getting to talk. So like if I was a rapper and Eminem was right there and I'm like, go, I'm fucking still, I'm still rolling with him right now. Like this, <laughs> this is crazy. I, that was, it's still gonna slip out from time to time. I feel like that elevator scene though was partially her using the excuse to geek out, but also partially she was trying to freak that old man out so that he she wouldn't see her breaking into an apartment. And so she's like, "What can I do to freak this man out? Let's just tell him the truth." And it's because I get to tell somebody the truth, it, it, like it's like he to kill a few birds with one stone. Right. He won't yeah. believe me, so I'm just gonna put it out there. Yeah, yeah. that makes more sense. Um, but then everything else was great. The action is still really on point. I'm still I, every time we do anything with those trick arrows, just that big purple goo. Like, this is exactly the kind of weird nonsense that I just want more and more and more of. We finally mentioned boomerang arrows, which means that yes. they have to come into play now. <laughs> uh, I liked just the whole, we have to go back and get them. There's not that many left. We don't really make any more trick arrows. So 
whenever we do a like small resources moment, I'm like, oh, good, great. There's not going to be a surplus of nonsense. This world is still scattered. We don't have has, anybody. Like, right. It shows that the, the Avenger compound being broken, they haven't really reassembled at any point. Tony's gone. So that would have been his main sort of through point. Hawkeye, I mean, uh, Ant-Man's wherever. So yeah, they don't really have the trick arrows. They, it's like, we gotta, we gotta save these. So that, that does fit into this world as a whole. And that's who we don't really have on the board yet is somebody else, like a inventor tinkerer who can like, arm everybody. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, everything else was great. Yolanda's showing up and just that one, she just shakes her head and jumps. So it's like, no, oh, she just gives, she just gives Kate that look like, nah. And it's part of, you don't want any parts of this, but part two, like, uh, you don't know what's happening here. So just stand out. <laughs> I wonder how much of that we're going to get, how deep into, like, but Yelena doesn't know what happened on Vormir and how it's so interesting getting such a, like, street level story when the inciting incident for it, it is so, so massive. Yeah. What I, I think is going to be interesting too is that like Clint does blame himself for Natasha's death, and I think that it's going to be like more of a, like I don't think he's going to try to make excuses. I think he's going to be yeah. like, in a way, yeah, it's my fault. So he's here's what happened. Going, and... He's probably going to explain it as it happened, taking hmm. the blame for it, and Elaine's going to be like, well, that if that's what happened, then you didn't kill yeah. her. Like that, then this mm -hmm. is. That's what I hope happens. I yeah. hope that she doesn't agree with them. I want them to be friends. But I did love. The because because like you said it's such a massive inciting issue that that made this happen. Her him sort of having that scene recreated with Kate dangling off the side. I was like, oh poor Clint is about to lose it right now. Oh yeah, that was some great imagery. But I think <clears throat> I think Yelena's arc is still so early that I can't see her so quickly being like, I forgive you, Clint, even if she gets the explanation. I think she's going to stay mad and go do whatever she's doing with Julia Louise Dreyfus. And Kate Bishop's going to be the one that's like, it wasn't your fault, Clint. Mm -hmm. And she'll be more of the forgiveness. Because it's also a good, to me, like the juxtaposition then of having the new Black Widow and the new Hawkeye be enemies rather than like super buddies is a very good reversal of like what we just did. I mean, I'm fine with that as long as down the line of, I wanna see the arc. I wanna see them become enemies to friends. It can be a slow burn, but I'll be sad if we don't get there. Cause I, I just wanna see the two of them so bad. But I think I think what's gonna happen is Yelena's gonna like accept the truth, but not, but she's not gonna, she, I think she's just gonna walk away. I think she, I don't think she's gonna be yeah. like, okay, we're BFFs now. Um, but I think it's gonna set up for a, a, a the, the idea that a future uh, partnership could happen. Oh, the partnership will definitely get there. I just think it'll be... It's going to take some time. In a, yeah, I, you know, I, in a while. I'm, I'm with you, Jamie. I think she's just going to walk away. Like, she doesn't... Her personality doesn't seem like the type of person that's going to be like, all right, cool, then we're good now. Yeah. Well, then I... What I came here, I can't kill you, but I'm also... We don't need to have a conversation. It also is really going to... But I think eventually she may still come around to him because you got to think about it. There's a huge block of time where she had no association or interaction with her sister. So she might go back to Clint just to be like, hey... You've been around my sister more than I have. Can you just tell me more about her? Yeah, I think we'll get a lot of that. It also is going to really depend on what Louise Dreyfus's motivation and plan is. Because we don't really know enough about her. We're like, what is, happens if Yelena goes back and is like, yeah, I didn't kill him. Right. <clears throat> I did what he did for my sister, which was not take the shot and let her live. Yeah, which is also kind of an interesting thing to play with. Now you can reverse those positions and put Yelena in Clint's position that he was in with Natasha when he was once 
sent to kill her and made oh, that's a different absolutely call. Absolutely, what's going to happen now? Now she can that's be absolutely. sent yeah. to do that. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of parallels in the Black Widow Hawkeye relationship with new characters of like, well, here's how it went before, and if we're setting up like everyone's Young Avengers, I think is definitely happening, but I think we're also going to get a like a dark Avengers with whatever mm. they're setting up because she has Yelena who can go either way and a U.S. agent who yeah. can kind of go either way. So we, we have a lot of people that she's sort of collecting that are in this weird this gray, gray area. area. Yeah. And I think it's going to be interesting to watch who goes with her and who doesn't because she's not going to be by herself. She's going to have an evil team eventually yeah. and some of those people are going to stay and some of them are going to walk away whenever we get there who knows who knows we have so many things <laughs> yeah <laughs> we still don't know if toby and andrew are showing up in a week yeah <laughs> yeah but i'm really excited to see where it goes i just am like i'm gonna be nervous until the final episode of like am i gonna be fully satisfied and are we gonna get a Hawkeye season two announcement a la Loki right away or is Kate's story going to continue in Echo is it going to continue in Secret Invasion is she going to get a movie there's so many things that I don't know yet and I want to know them now I will say that after seeing this I cannot get enough of Haley as Kate like I didn't just put give me all of that all the time and I'm I'm in I, I mean she is just now one of my favorite working people i mean yeah spider gwen this yeah everything like, Dickinson's everything amazing yeah yeah i was like uh, every yeah. single project she picks like oh i want keep going yay I yeah, want bumblebee was my i loved i was like i, it, I want it all give her yeah, yes. the best transformers movie yes. <laughs> uh yeah we need she's so good at adding like heart and fun to like every story she's in and still having it be very like grounded and serious and keeping the stakes where they are because in a lot of ways i feel like kate bishop's overall stakes are kind of low right now she is it's like the rich family if she didn't really know about this new stepdad there wouldn't really be much adversity for her right but she's so good at kind of like empathizing with clint's emotional stakes and the overall stakes of the story that it kind of works and gives that like levity to it. Cause otherwise like this could have been, you know, the fraction book is so depressing. And it kind of reminds me of when people, myself included really wanted to do demon in a bottle for Tony. And we were like, well, Disney's not gonna do, he's not gonna be a recovering alcoholic flying around the Iron Man suit. Like it, it's sort of an Iron Man too, but not really. And there's some stuff in the fraction Hawkeye book. I'm like, yeah, that's not gonna be the children's Christmas TV no. show. That's a really heavy, sad, there's no hope for him book. But I think, you know, if you kind of take Kate out of this story, it is really depressing. He's just coping with all of the murders that he oh, yeah. did, trying to put his like life back together, trying to get over the grief of his best friend dying. And if she wasn't there doing what Haley does, we She's would just the- be like... Uh, She's oh, the guys. beacon of light that adds to the show because otherwise you're like, Jesus, I, Clint, please go for a walk. <laughs> and they keep doing that really well because like WandaVision, which was a very sad show, would have been even sadder if it wasn't like fun, quirky sitcoms as the backdrop, like without yeah. 
like that kind of joy mixed in, which even like the backdrop of Christmas does. You're like, oh, we can't be too sad. It's Christmas, even though a lot of people get sad at Christmas. <laughs> so does it really work? Yeah. But it's like no one's sad in sitcoms, except for all of those sad sitcom episodes. <laughs> um, but I think those are the things that are helping all of these shows not be ridiculously heavy. Is there's yeah. always some either a character or a plot device or something like there was a lot of joy and fun and Loki, but that show was also just like, Oh my God, it's just so sad. Yeah. And if we weren't just so desperate to watch those two kiss, it would have been sad every day, (laughs) but I'm very excited to see where it goes. It's just, you know, I'm always on the Marvel train. I don't care where we're going. It's great. Um, Which brings us, 22 almost years in the past to 2000 when a Christmas crime thriller called Reindeer Games came out starring Ben Affleck, a movie of mistaken identity and Ocean's Eleven casino robbery with the backdrop of Christmas came out. And unlike our other episodes, we're not doing a whole batch of movies this time. I think those were very themed. Now we're sort of back in one singular movie. And I, that's kind of kind of how it be how it continues. But we're still going to do major themes and whatnot instead of it. But there aren't that many mediocre crime Christmas movies. Wow. Uh, Jamie, you just watched this one for the first time, and I just. How 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 did that go for you? Okay, like we're gonna feel differently because I loved it. It's like, I, are you kidding me? It's it's dumb. It it makes no sense. They they tried to cram so many twists into this movie that it's like laughable. Uh, but like one, it had more Christmas than I expected. It was way more Christmas. It, it is Christmas the yeah. shit out of it. Yeah. And I and I love that. Uh, I I just loved watching. Ben Affleck just continuously get the like shit kicked out of him. Uh, Charlize was awesome. She like like it was a fun performance for her. She got to play basically two characters in one, and uh, and I like I assume we uh, I like that she fucking got blown off out of a cliff in the end. I was like pretty violent. Yeah. I was like happy she fucking exploded and died. And uh, I I love my favorite was like I was literally saying uh, I was like I don't like that Dennis Freno is like doesn't have a lot of cool shit to do in this movie. He and, and then like 2 seconds later that safe happens. Like, <laughs> like yeah, again like 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 story-wise, writing-wise, plot-wise, yeah, this movie is nonsense, but it is enter- it is my kind of entertaining and I and I will definitely watch it at future Christmas times. No, it is really the most 2000s movie that I can think of. Like we're doing, we're doing so many tropes that are, have either just happened, but like better or are about to happen. Like we're, we're, I can't, when did Ocean's Eleven come out? We're like right after the first Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, we're right before it. Right, right before it. Yeah. We're about to get like an amazing casino heist movie. And this movie, like, they just keep being all about this weird casino in the middle of nowhere surrounded by snow. And the plan just becomes guns. We spend this whole movie being like, how are we going to rob this casino? And they're suddenly just like, we're going to dress as Santa's and rob it. We're just going to log in. We're going to flip one desk over. Everyone's going to freak out. Yeah. And then we're going to start blasting. It's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. Uh well like the cast is insane i saw this movie in theaters i'm old enough that i saw this movie in theaters and i not gonna lie jamie i fucking loved it i loved it 
It was one of those <laughs> movies that I was like, I don't know. This is there's twisting and turning all day. And mind you, this came right after Devil's Advocate, so I had a, already had a thing for Charlize. Yeah. I was like, I watch anything that she's doing, and this was the same year. Aaron Kruger, who did Scream 3, which I love, and that he wrote both of these. Back I was back. waiting for this to come up. And so I was like, fuck, I'm in. Let's go see what's, let's see what's happening. Of course we both like reindeer games because we both love Scream 3. Yes. First of all, <laughs> Scream 3 is a gem. I don't hate this movie. It's just preposterous. It's nuts. It is absolutely nuts. And because this whole movie, clearly somebody sat down and was like, okay, guys, I just think it would be really cool if Santa's robbed a casino and, and that's they the built a movie around it. Like <laughs> exactly. nobody sat down with anything else, but every other part of this movie, I'm a huge Lucky Number 11 fan. And I just kept sitting there being like, that does mistaken identity way more interestingly than yeah. this. Cause we yeah. have to have so many scenes where Ben Affleck's like, but I'm not Nick. I'm well, not that, that's Nick. what's so funny because he's like, Fuck it, I'm is- Nick. Right, with Slevin, it's like creatively done, like he's hiding it. But this one, he has come out at least four or five times in the first 30 minutes, like, no, 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 guys, I'm not him. And they go out of their way to be like, but you are. Because that means, like, he just straight up is like, I pretended to be somebody else so I could have sex with Charlie Stone. I want to bone your sister. (laughs) And it's like, how is that not just the rest of this movie? (laughs) That's how the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, she's a bad guy. Because, like, any other woman, if somebody was like, I just slept with you. However, I've been manipulating you to do that through mistaken identity after the person you love was murdered. That's the film. That's the movie. And instead we're just like, nah, it's, it's casino, fine. Santa. I, I believe when, when before like we knew that she was bad, I believed that she, that she was still on board with him just because like what kind of woman any woman that's like writing to a guy in prison and like telling them they're she's in love with him is gonna be a little crazy it's a little off yeah so i i didn't i i that that twist i wasn't like super surprising but also i bought it but the the nick twist well i, I loved it because i'm like wow i didn't see that coming it wasn't it made no sense that was one of those ones okay so like the, the 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 her switching and being in the pool i was like oh my god i did not see that coming oh my god but at the end, when Nick comes out from around the truck, I'm like, what the fuck, guys? Seriously? <laughs> oh, well, you could tell, again, this is clearly a movie where they just went, Santa's Rob a Casino, and we need to fill 90 minutes around that. They probably got to that point where we're like, we need like 15 more minutes for this to be a movie. <laughs> what if Nick's alive? <laughs> like, this whole movie just feels like they really had like five cool ideas, and we're like, no, it's a whole movie, though. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then like Danny Trejo's in this, Clarence, like this cast is insane. Trejo was killing me in that scene where he's like talking about like, oh, really? we should have two Christmases. Cause it like, you'd think an economy would be smarter about that. He was really getting me. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, all of his scenes were great. Almost all of the scenes with the like supporting cast was great. Yeah. It's the main villain who is the most like, What? He had, his motivation is preposterous. I, <laughs> He's just like, yeah, I've been I a truck driver Gary all Sinise. my life, and I deserve to be rich. Yeah, like, <laughs> I love Gary Sinise, but, like, whatever he's doing in this movie is, like, 75 times what everyone else is doing. I was like, you are in a completely <laughs> different film. I Sure, let's I have love it. it. And it gets so hyper-violent at the end. We crush him in between a car. We drop Charlie's in a truck off a cliff. It gets, like, Michael Bay insane, it does. And then Ben Affleck just drops money off. I'm gonna hand off money because I'm Christmas. And then and then and then it ends with him sitting at a Christmas table because Christmas. He's like, you know what? I want to hang out with my family. Let's eat. 
Didn't what? bother to shower. Uh, just sat down at that table all dirty. Um, I thought it was cute that he gave away the money, but it was like, shouldn't you take off that Santa suit? It was the whole point that there are five Santas. We keep hearing what? We got a Santa suit. Right. We go out of our way to have a Charlie's Theron voiceover to right. remind us that the whole thing was we needed five Santas for Ben Affleck to be like, I'm a rock to Santa So suit. the whole time I'm sitting like, take the fucking Santa thing off and throw it down there too. I thought he was going to switch clothes with Nick or something. Right. Nope. Nope. Jamie, there were suit. a lot of solutions that would have taken 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Just take it off in general because you've disintegrated two bodies. It also does that weird like 2000s trope where whatever the person is in the beginning has to be what solves it. He spends the whole movie like, well, I was, I was robbing cars. Robbing cars. I know how to rob every car. It never gets brought up again. Meaningless until the up. very end of the movie when they're pushing him off the cliff and he's like, man, man, if I just rob this car. You remember an hour and 35 minutes ago is... when I told you I was a I was He a did hotwire that hotel room door open. That's true. That too, yeah. It, it's I don't see how those two things are related. I don't but see how you can do that with that. It's, I don't, they it's don't very, correlate. very film school save the cat where it's like, no, no, no. But he knows because he was a museum curator. So he, of course, would be able to identify fake money later. Like, these, no, of course not. But sure, <laughs> why not? Because yeah. those Santa's boy at that casino was worth the price of entry. <laughs> Yeah. That whole movie just proved if you have a cool enough climax, I will forgive your insane. There's cockroaches in the jello. Hated that. Prison cockroaches in the jello. Out. There's a whole like almost become like, hey, listen to my dialogue. I want just one hot chocolate and a pecan pie. And he, he recites it back like, well, now are we trying to be like a Quentin Tarantino? What is happening here? Oh, no. This was the era where everybody saw Pulp Fiction and was like, we can do it. Yeah. This uh boondock saints which saw the divine intervention scene and was like what if this was the whole movie what if the whole movie was two guys that were like god is with us and therefore nothing happens to them lucky number <laughs> slevin which again i love but that is just that is just a tarantino script if it was made by an ai uh and it's fantastic <laughs> this movie there was a good good four years where everybody was like this QT guy, he is. He might be onto something. Let's just—he ripped us off. Let's rip him off, right? I think, the the I think the way of the gun came out this year too. That's another the one. The way of the gun. Yeah. Oh my! It was it was Quentin Tarantino or it was The Matrix from 2000 until Batman Begins came out. Yeah. That's what we were doing. We were cloning <laughs> The Matrix or we were cloning Quentin Tarantino until 2005. <laughs> or you were Spider Man and X Men. Those That's are your it. three options. Those are the options. Quentin Tarantino, Spider-Man or the X-Men, or whatever the third one I said was, The Matrix. What's funny is I this film came out uh, in February. It's another one of those ones where it did it's not so make silly. sense with the release. And I was like, oh, all right. Well, normally when it's a summer release, I'm like, you got to get that Blu-ray under the Christmas tree. Mm. This, I'm like, okay. So traditionally, a nine-month window well, would have been... What I read was that this was supposed to be a ninety, like a late ninety, like around Christmas ninety nine, and then I guess they did test screenings and the ending didn't work, so they went back and redid it. So we had Probably, to add Nick. Let's have Nick come out from around this truck. Like, guess what, guys? I've been here the whole time. No, the fuck you haven't. 
But then that's when they delayed it to 2000 and it came out around that point. And I was like, this still doesn't make sense. What? It's a Valentine's so, Day movie? This had to come out like within like a week or two of Scream 3. They're like two weeks apart. Oh, wow. Kruger was sitting there like, I got him. I'm making money. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm, I'm out here. God, what vastly different screenplays. <laughs> what, what, what both delightful, in my opinion. What, what range? Exactly. God, screen three is just... They both have ludicrous endings. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, that's what that guy does. He's like, what if at the end of the movie you were just confused? I'm just going to go nuts. <laughs> you won't know what's happening. What Ranger Games was missing was Parker Posey. Yes. Ranger Games is also missing, like, they were brothers also. That's, like, the only thing this needed <laughs> to be, like, full tilt screen three was Ben Affleck to be like, you wouldn't shoot your own brother. I was in prison to get you out. <laughs> I went in there, and you'd be like, oh, my God. Another thing that didn't make sense to me is that why were so many people that were in there for different crimes at different start, why are they all getting released at the, at same, the same time? time? I was thinking that, too. I'm like, somebody's on murder, and the other one's an auto thief. I don't feel like the time that you guys are in here is should equate well they kept trying to be like it was murder but like you know this judge thought that that guy should have been killed <laughs> that kept being their thing it was like you know he it was manslaughter but he the guy was like trying to hurt his girlfriend so instead of 25 to life it's the equivalent of stealing a car but either way why is there a mass where like a lot of people left prison that day uh did they all like i that, like i don't understand it was a smooth 20, prison works right it was a smooth 20 people I that were getting released jamie <laughs> this whole wherever this movie pretends to take place it's, in, it's uh, supposed to be is, michigan it's supposed to be upper peninsula of michigan which i'm like okay, guys please fine. don't put that on me because there's also a <laughs> casino just like at the top of a mountain and they're and the whole agency of this casinos are like, well, nobody comes because it's snowy. If we could melt this snow, why did you build the casino there then? Why does this man who? So I have a fun I have a fun fact. Uh, the character that Donald Logue plays was originally Vin Diesel, but he backed out because he got into it with the with the director. Can you imagine this movie with Vin Diesel in it too? Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, I just remembered Ashton Kutcher was in two seconds of it. Ashton just shows up out of nowhere. And he was like famous by then. That 70s show was this going. Was happening in the height of that, that yeah. 70s show. Yeah. But if this was supposed to be 99, that 70s show would have been like fairly early. And then we got pushed. So you got to figure it was filmed around the time Before, that that right. was starting. Mm. Yeah. What, a, what a great bit part too. Because I, I was like, you know, if I got a, if a man, if I went into the bathroom of a casino and a man accosted me and was like, I'm not going to hurt you, even though I'm holding you against this wall. Right. I will give you a hundred dollars American, which fine. And my clothes, if you just walk out wearing my clothes. And then moments after another man attacked me, I would have walked out of that bathroom, thrown that hat, like, taken off that coat and called it a day. Never mind. I still have my $100, but I'm taking these clothes off because shit gets real when he I have He kept this wearing it as if that's what he wanted out of the deal. As if he was like, I'm going to get out of this casino with this to be, cowboy. To be fair, I would have taken the deal because to wear that outfit. It was a pretty good outfit. Pretty cool outfit. Pretty cool outfit. I yeah. mean, it was great. It was great. I love <laughs> that Michigan Casino thought they could compete with Las Vegas, that that was a plot point in the movie. This, this, I'm telling you how much they thought this was a Quentin Tarantino because that Dennis Arena speech about the snow in the casino does not need to be in the movie other than, I just like to have fun dialogue, so here we go. 
Oh, fun, offensive dialogue. That was very like, well, Quentin did it. I'm going to make fun of these Native Americans. If I do the Native Americans, it's fine, right? It's like, oh my God. It's just... Yeah. I do love the server who every time someone asked her how she was doing, she's gone fucking freezing. (laughs) That was the best. That was another very Tarantino side character. Mm. I love it. Yeah. Uh, But what's very interesting about this movie compared to all the other Christmas non-traditional movies we've done is that like thematically it's really not a Christmas movie because so far we've been like well you know it's about coming home for the holidays it's about getting family together it's about forgiveness which are all sort of in there he wants to get home for the holidays that's the his whole that's his main purpose right but unlike the other ones he just drops off that money and then is like I'll go somewhere else <laughs> And it's also I'll be hard back for next us, Christmas. It's also hard for us to, as an audience to be like, he just wants to go home for the holidays when he was on a bus that was taking off and he's like, but I do want this piece of ass. And he gets off the bus just to go get, get back. I originally thought, I was like, get off the bus. Tell this girl that Nick is dead. And then I was like, oh, that's not what he's doing right now. That is the correct thing to do, Jamie. Like, I think hey. that's what was happening. Yeah. And then I was like, good, get off the bus. She needs to know. And then Don't I'm like, leave. oh, don't no, just leave him out there in the cold be like, hey, I just want to let you know, you don't need to wait out here because he unfortunately passed. He's like, no, let me No, he back. decides, <laughs> I'm going to trick this woman into sleeping with me. <laughs> but it's okay, because in the end, she tricked him, too. I was going to say, so normally, normally, normally I'd be like, I did love person. the lie when she was like, I'd never sleep with the wrong man. Yeah, like, yeah. What a bizarre thing to say. <laughs> she has a like, line in there that just made me, I was like, Oh, well, only Charlize can say this, that I was like, oh, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, she was something like, uh, her response is, who wouldn't? She's like, oh, yeah, I, I, I wanted to be, like, he really loved you. He really loved you. And she just, like, looks at him and was like, who wouldn't? And I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. she's not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> no, I did love how cold she got at the end. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this, she becomes a great villain her in this third in act. This movie, this it's, awesome. a, it's a bat, batshit crazy film. She's acting her ass off in this Yeah. Movie. <laughs> Oh, everybody's in, doing their part in the movie. I was like, Ben Affleck's like hand, like I believe him in every scene he's yeah. in. Because yeah, he does it's... go through enough weird moments of like, he's afraid when the gun's on his neck. He's just like annoyed most of the time. And I was like, those darts I are getting thrown that he at would him? just be annoyed. Yeah. yeah, when those darts are getting thrown at him, he's in genuine fear. Like everyone is doing great stuff. It's just, it's Gary Sinise, notwithstanding, I don't know, he's just in something else. <laughs> um, but it just all comes together and this hodgepodge is like, wow, I think I enjoy this. This is bizarre enough that I, this gets some weird funny bone. I like movies like Survive in the Game in the 94. Like, I, there's movies like these action 90, late 90s, early 2000 films. And I'm like, yeah, I'm in it. Let's do it. But you're right. Christmas-wise, literally has, outside oh, no, just... of the aesthetic of Christmas, is probably the least Christmas film that we've done out of in this whole run. I like that they he like that they try to like drop as many Christmas like things in there like like Gary Sinise at one point like he's just like making Christmas pun threats uh, yeah. just to, like to remind you that it's Christmas and, and, and get, I appreciate that we get needle drops from mm-hmm. songs consistently yeah. throughout this thing. like they keep reminding you that this is supposed to be a mm-hmm. Christmas film again I'm just, somebody just wanted to do Santa's in a casino somebody <laughs> was just like I think it's gonna be great and they weren't wrong. The one thing we have not talked about yet, and then we'll get into why we're pairing this up with Hawkeye. Um, at one point, the best death in the movie, somebody lights a cigarette and Ben Affleck has filled a water pistol with rum and yeah. shoots it through the mat. I don't know how flammable alcohol is. 
in all reality, other than what movies have told me. But I have to assume that if a man lit a cigarette and I squirted squirt gun amounts of alcohol at it, that it wouldn't hot oak in his face. Well, who yeah. cares? Love it was awesome. As soon as you put that booze in there, I'm like, how are we going to use this? And I was not disappointed. Oh, not disappointed. We've, never, we've never telegraphed something in a movie harder. Than you just load. <laughs> then the whole time them being like, we're not going to give you a real gun. We're not going to give you a real gun. I'm going to pretend to kill you with a squirt gun. This random man, this trucker, is just like, oh, I'm going to give you some rum. Here, he fills it up. Of course that was going to come back. Yeah. I was like, something awesome is going to happen. <laughs> I thought he was just going to sting somebody's eyes. This is way better. This is much better. Oh, oh yeah. I better. was like, oh, he's going to try to, he's going to like use, he's going to get somebody drunk with it maybe and like squirt yeah. it in there. When, when Clarence Williams started lighting up, I was like, oh, this is about to get ugly. Mm -hmm. I can't wait. I also just thought somebody else was going to get it and shoot Ben Affleck and, and him be like, I love taking shots. And then he'd smack him or something. <laughs> I was waiting for some dumb, ridiculous moment. But it's interesting how well, in some ways, this pairs up with where we are in Hawkeye because so many of the character dynamics are very similar to what we're sort of seeing. If even just from the, like, the crime aesthetic of it, we've sort of flipped over. Like this is sort of where Echo's agency would be and everybody else's of like keeping this crew together and caring about them, but then like having somebody who just clearly doesn't and what that sort of means in the plan. But even like Clint's arc of redemption and be like, well, I don't want to do this anymore is very similar to what Ben Affleck's going through, except one of them is just like a straight up carjacker and the other is a superhero who killed bad people. There's also a lot of mistaken identity. People think Kate's Ronan, uh, you know, Yelena thinks Clint's bad. Like there's a lot of similarities there too. That's a, yeah, that's also a really good point. Like so much of this Hawkeye show has come down to a case of mistaken identity. And oddly that with like the backdrop of Christmas are what these two movies are. And I feel like having the themes and aesthetic of Christmas with a mistaken identity story even just adds a lot of like weird perversions of the concept of like family and togetherness and friendship. Cause it is that weird, like, well, what does it really mean if identity becomes secondary to that family? Like, we sort of see Ronan's arc if we go from Endgame of like, I don't have anything to now him trying to put together a new Avengers and deal with grief and get Kate back to her family. All the while everyone being like, but this Ronan character and even like Kate and his friendship parallels a lot of this like, but you know what you're doing, right? And then being like, well, no, we don't really know what we're doing because like you have the wrong idea. It's interesting what that, all of that is, but it's a shame. I love a good mistaken identity story. It's just that Lucky Number Slevin does it so perfectly. Yeah. You're making me want to watch that. It's been a few years. I know I have. Jimmy, it's so good. You I should have it on watch DVD. it immediately. Um, but I saw it in theaters and I was like, heck yeah, this is good. But like, it's been a while. I should definitely check it out. It's a very underrated movie. It's so, it's just insane and fun and crazy. Yeah, fantastic cast. I was like, how did Josh Hartnett, like, how did this not get, how did he not go bigger than this? This guy's People amazing. thought it was way too close to Quentin Tarantino when it came out. Most of the reviews were like, ah, we just did this, but better with Pulp Fiction. And I was it like, was like we did it. later. I know. 
that's how long Pulp Fiction stayed in our minds. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't help that it had like Bruce's in there. It's a Weinstein. Like it it has a lot of like Mm -hmm. connections. Isn't Lucy Liu in it too? Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, You got a lot of Tarantino people in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's very Tarantino light. And I think that was the biggest, but we're not talking about lucky number (laughs) one. A delightful film. We'll have to find a way to tie this in with a future. I'm sure that there will be an assassin's crime bosses. Echo. That's what's going to happen. That could be Echo. Yeah. Um, I think that's it guys. That's all I've got. Love it. Well, thank you so much for listening. You can, of course, leave us a review and a comment on YouTube and follow the show at Hollywood ADI on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at, as always, Blake. Jamie is at Jamie said Max. Terrence is at Terrence Tatum. And I do another podcast, How Do You Figure, about action figures. Hollywood already did it. It has two other shows, the main podcast about reboots, remakes, and sequels and why we keep doing it. And another one called You Can't Do That Anymore about movies that came out that you maybe couldn't make anymore. This one would be an excellent case of all sorts of weird things that you, if i wrote down that in a script now you'd be very upset yeah um terrence says everything else on our hollywood channel the reviews series reviews chucky dexter all of those are good which are also great shows that you should be watching and then watching terrence's show after each one and jamie of course is on the phase zero podcast for comic where she also has many articles and that is it later